You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we are so excited to announce our new partnership with the Fantrax Podcast Network. You can find us at FantraxHQ.com. They are dedicated to providing you with all the best podcasts for your fantasy needs, even for fantasy baseball, in case any of you guys listening out there like to branch out on occasion. We've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to be talking news and notes overhyped and underhyped players. These are the guys that we like, the guys that we don't like, the guys that we think Twitter likes a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of players out there that are getting just a little bit too much overhyped, and I'm worried about their stock for next season and people's expectations of what they will be receiving from them in the 2019 season. All right, let's get into our news and notes. Adam Thielen, my boy. He just signed a four-year, $64 million extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and I will have to give you credit there. Adam Thielen is your dude. You called him way before anyone else was talking about him. I called him too early. Yeah, you brought him up, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was like, I think you're a little too high on him, and you weren't. You weren't at all. It was great. You just needed that that breakout season for him. I think it's a great move by the Vikings. He was significantly underpaid just based off what he was producing. So they locked him up, I think, until 2024. Huge fantasy asset. And he deserves it. He's a great NFL player, too, just for the team, not only just fantasy purposes. Absolutely. And in a PPR league, I still feel like he's pretty underdrafted. I feel like uh, with the end that he had to last season, I think he's just so underdrafted because you forgot about the production that Thielen had early on in the season. He's just a steal right now. You forget about what a value he was, especially in PPR. Draft him. Yeah, he's going early in drafts, but he's not going fast, or he's not going early enough. He not, no, he, I've seen him fall into the fourth round, it, which is astounding. Stefan Diggs is going in a lot of drafts earlier than him. In Dynasty, that makes sense, but in redraft, Adam Thielen should be going first, in my mind. Absolutely agree. Uh, bigger news, possibly. Seahawks and Russell Wilson have come to an agreement on a four-year, $140 million extension. $65 million signing bonus, no big. Money, money, money. Money. Yeah, uh, $107 million guaranteed chump change. He, but he's now officially the highest player, highest paid player in NFL history. Congrats. That's awesome for Russell Wilson. Anyone who has him in Dynasty has to feel happy, has to feel relieved. I don't think it would have been a good move for him to go to the Giants. Oh no, I don't. I I think it would have been great for the Giants, not not great for Russell Wilson's overall production. And I have to say, my biggest kudos is to anybody in the middle of a startup draft in the last week who saw Russell Wilson fall because everybody was nervous that he was going to be traded. Because I feel like he fell a little bit in the last week, and now he's... I let him fall. And you I did? Took, yeah, that was actually a dig at Michelle. I took Cam Newton <laughs> over Russell, and I'm now 
regretting it a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, but congrats to all you guys who maybe got Russell Wilson. Even if you got him around later than he's typically going, congrats. He's a value pick. Um, moving on, Cooper Cup has a chance to be ready for training camp barring set- setbacks. Um, I saw another statement. Sean McVay hopes that he will be uh, ready for week one, which I'm not loving that. I, I hope you'll be ready for week that one. That doesn't sound good to me. No, and you know what? I'm probably not going to take him in redraft because I feel like his stock is almost a little too high. I think it'll drop if he's not participating in training camp or in preseason games. But If his ADP stays where it's at, though, I'm not touching him. Yeah, and he's going around even, you know, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, they're all going around that same area. So why don't you go with the guys that aren't injury prone? That's yeah, I and I, Stay away from I'll take Cooper Cup and Dynasty all day, but... Um, moving on to another Ram, Sean McVay expects Todd Gurley to be a focal point of the offense moving forward. Not the focal point. If you'll no, he said <laughs> a, a focal point. point, um, not to get, uh, focused on linguistics here, but a focal point is different than the focal point in my mind. Didn't he also say that he was going to be a lot more active and play a lot more snaps there in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Coach speak is a. I don't think I can trust McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah. yeah, and I, I not that I think he's had a, a reputation. Like I think Doug Peterson has that reputation for just saying whatever you think you want to hear, and then and then you're completely let down. I don't think you Sean McVay has that reputation right now. No. In, in April, you just can't trust them. They're ready for the draft. They don't want they don't want anybody to know what they're up to. So Sean McVay, I again, I just don't like it. I know Todd Gurley's falling in dynasty drafts. He's falling in redraft ADP. Don't trust it. There are so many good players that are going in the first round, even at that loop around to the second round. That I just don't see any reason to risk taking Gurley. And it could be a huge reward to those that play risky. I just don't want to have to worry about that. So, no, and you know, like we saw last year with Lev Bell, people took the risk. They still went for him early first round when we knew there was the possibility that he wasn't going to play, which is kind of a big deal when it comes to fantasy production. And it did not pay off. So it all depends on your, your sort. I, I tend to be more risk averse. So, like, I would take Todd Gurley if he – I usually like being at the turn. If he fell to me If he fell all second. the way to 112, that would be impossible yeah. not to take him. Still. But I would be praying that someone was <laughs> taking him before. Just so that you makes don't have that sense. decision on your heart. Yes, exactly. Um, news for our boy, O.J. Howard. Jameis Winston thinks the moon is the limit. <laughs> he is ball blasting back into fantasy relevance after a knee Injury last year, and my boy Jameis believes in him. I love OJ Howard, but everyone who follows me on Twitter knows that already. Oh, yeah. And, but also, I feel like everybody argues, like, what about Bruce Arians? What about Bruce Arians? He doesn't like to throw to the tight end. The quarterback does. Stop arguing with me. Yeah. Winston loves OJ Howard. That's not going to change. They're not going to just make one of their best offensive pieces disappear he's going to be used and he's not he's not like the like Cameron Brait he can block OJ Howard is a much better route runner than he is a blocker and off the top of my head I don't know what tight ends Bruce Arians had I know him with the Steelers I mean Heath Miller was good but he wasn't a like a fantastic pass catching weapon and he was used plenty enough for what he was 
in Arizona, I don't remember there being this amazing tight end under Bruce Arians. So maybe he just didn't have those guys there to utilize them. Yeah. And I mean, literally you, you put him on a route, he runs it, he catches the ball. He's ginormous. I love him. And I love the confidence. He needs to stay healthy. His last chance for me with how much I love him. This is my last chance. If he can, if he somehow makes it back onto IR at the end of his third season, I'm going to have to move on and find my next tight end crush. And I'll probably take him after that. So, um, Chris Hogan signed to the Panthers, probably the most fantasy relevant news this week. Um, why are we breaking this up? It's breaking news. He went the fifth and sixth round last year. Give me a break. I know we actually, I would say we to be nice, but it was you that loved Chris Hogan last year. I'm pretty sure it was you that traded Julio Jones to me. (laughs) We're not talking about that. Yeah. At me on Twitter and I'll tell you all about it anyway. Um, yeah. So that's fantasy relevant sort of. Um, and then Leonard Fournette. Don't think about him even as a sleeper, please. Let's move on. I'm a sarcastic person for anybody who hasn't picked that up. Leonard Fournette was arrested on traffic violations because he just can't pay speeding tickets. When is this kid going to get his life together? And that's all I'm, I I feel like there's just something off about Leonard Fournette and I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to affect. He's undervalued this year. Like from a, when you're looking at the player on the field, I love his value. I'm willing to take the risk with his value there. The speeding tickets and the rust is not going to affect his 2019 season. No, I know. I understand. I understand. It's just like, it seems like one thing after another, but a lot of small stuff like laughing on the bench, getting like nothing too serious, but it's one of those things that's like, it's like all those little things put together, formulate a bigger picture of this guy. And I just don't like the bigger picture that we're starting to formulate with this guy. And we know Coughlin is irritated with him. I think that's a bigger issue is when the coach cares. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the fans think about him, just the team. And they've already taken away his bonus that he could have received last year. So clearly they're not happy with him. You know, I feel like the Jaguars know that my opinion of him matters. So I feel like they're going to take that into account. But anyway, moving on, we're going to get into our segment here of overhyped players. First, we want to take a second to shout out one of our partner podcasts, you want it bigger, you want it blacker. Joe Pisapia, Scott Bogman, and the Walsh have you covered. Tune in every Monday and Thursday when these three idiots open up the Fantasy Black Book on the Fantrax Podcast Network. Ah, shucks. The train's coming and I didn't buy a ticket, Kate. I didn't buy the ticket either. I, I totally, it totally slipped my mind. My my bad. Oh, goodness. Now we're going to stink next year. Yeah, we're going to suck. We're going to be giving bad fantasy advice all year just because we <laughs> forgot to buy our tickets. No, for real though, we think these guys are way overhyped. Don't get on the train. Don't do it. Don't buy a ticket for this crap. <laughs> it's not, okay, but also it's not us saying that they're going to be bad next year it's saying you have to pay too much for them they, you know, they let, might let not, someone else overpay for their ticket yeah they they just might not you know like you don't want to spend all of the money on your your train ticket and your hotel and and all of your accommodations and food if you're gonna have a crappy vacation if it's just not worth the price you'd like to know it ahead of time which is what we're trying to do here so first up on your list i know you feel pretty strongly about this guy always have Mike Williams. Yeah, I just, and I'm actually, 
at the moment that we're recording this, having a conversation with some Twitter people. Polly Sleepers, I'll call you out here. I know you love this man, Mike Williams. Um, I just, I see him always being a flex option. He I reminds guess. me of like Terrell Williams. Like he does. you can't rely on him, but nope. man, when you have him and he happens to go off, if he happens to be in your lineup, Great. awesome. But then he goes off and you put him in your lineup the next week and then he loses you the week. But you know who left town? Who? Terrell Williams. Oh yeah. With his whole 66 targets. People are pretending like. Terrell Williams was someone that I don't think he ever was. I I don't know. People are very like, oh my goodness, Tyrell Williams was so great. I don't know. Have you ever, did you ever really want to depend on Tyrell Williams in fantasy? No. And I did last year in a dynasty league and I don't ever want to have to rely on that ever again. And you know who wasn't there last season? Who? Hunter Henry. Hmm. You don't think he's going to get 66 targets? At least. Because people are very high on him, too. We'll leave him out of this list for now. We'll be nice. But people are super high on him. So people have to be expecting him to at least get 70 targets. You know, he w- he did get 10 touchdowns. That's awesome. Right? But there was no Hunter Henry, who was a tall man, to be in the red zone. So Mike Ev- Mike Williams was that clear-cut red zone target. He had no was Mike Evans a clear, clear red zone target? <laughs> Mike Evans is pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah. Another time. Anyway, Mike Williams. Yeah. So, and Melvin Gordon was hurt and he has a lot of utilization in the passing game that I feel like he's a better pass catching back than anybody ever gives him credit for. He's usually better in the passing game than he is when it comes to metrics like yards per carry or actual rushing success. And then when Melvin Gordon was hurt, Eckler got hurt. Who's also a pass catcher. And then guess what? They were stuck with Justin Jackson, who he was, he was okay. He's fine. He was fine. And so once they got down to the goal line, instead of pushing that ball in with Melvin Gordon during those games, they were just throwing more. They're throwing more, throwing more often in the red zone. I don't know. There's too many people coming back to this offense that are going to be the first focal points that I'm you not just putting don't see on enough my stock. Ab- opportunity for all of these guys to come back in the same offense. I get it. Um, And I'm in agreement. He's too flashy and I don't trust. I usually don't trust flashy. It's just too much hype, too high of a price. It's not extremely high, but it's too high for people are expecting him to be the wide receiver too. I see him as a flex option that can disappoint you more weeks than not. Yeah. I think he's definitely a risky play. Um, Let's get to our next guy. I might. Are have you more sure stuff. you want to bring this up? No, I don't think we're gonna have a pod. Everybody's gonna unsubscribe <laughs> after this next. Should one. we leave them for last because people are going to sign off right now? No, no. I want to face face our fears here with this one, and I I might have something to say about this one. But you you go ahead. Who's your Who's your guy? George Kittle. <gasps> it's all about the draft cost. Sure. So again, Hater. we're talking about overhyped. He's just Hater. he's just overhyped right now. He's too much money. He's a tight end. And Kelsey and Ertz have proved it and proved it and proved it. So okay, if you wanna I'm gonna still call it overpay. Most people if you wanna overpay for them, fine, because they're gonna be great in the lineup. Most George people Kittle. have George Kittle behind Ertz and Kelsey. Though. Are you sure? Because everyone I'm seeing, especially in Dynasty, Kittle oh. has been number one way too often. He is going in the beginning of third rounds. Going, they're going for the splash plays. 
the splash tweets. It's too early for George Kittle. He was all that was left in San Fran last year. That's it. Dante Pettis got hurt. He showed some flashes. Pierre Garçon got hurt. Uh, Goodwin got hurt. And then you need to add in all of those running backs who have now rejoined the backfield. You've got Jarek McKinnon, who's a pass catcher. You've got Matt Barreto, who's a pass catcher. Jeff Wilson, who's a pass catcher. Tevin Cole. All of these guys can catch a ball. So I don't. I definitely agree with you there that I don't see the target share being what it was last season because they just have too many options. Add in Dante Pettis, who everyone's pretty high on too, and I like him. I think he's going to be a really nice option for next year. Uh, Trent Taylor. <laughs> but let's say Marquise Goodwin can even stay healthy and stay in the field. That's another person you have to worry about. They're going to, going to, I really will put my money on it, draft a wide receiver in the first or second round. Or As even they, they have an early should. third round pick, so possibly there too. But that's another person that's going to get involved. He saw 136 targets last year. Yikes, that's crazy. He will still see a huge amount of targets. He'll still see over 100 targets. I if think he stays he'll be healthy. around 110. But you don't pay... For an early third round, you don't pay an early third round price for a tight end that gets 100 targets and 950 yards or even 1,000 yards. You're expecting the same player from last year, which was 1,377 yards. That's just not happening. It's not happening. And I also think we need to make the argument for the fact that we have not seen Jimmy Garoppolo play enough with George Kittle and with all of these offensive weapons in the running back uh, realm, I just don't think we have enough evidence to support his jump to being drafted in the early third round. And another huge argument I see is that, oh, he hasn't even got to play with the great Jimmy G yet. I actually think that Mullins being there was a huge help to George Kittle's production. Not to say that Jimmy G won't use him or be great. It's that who was left for Shanahan and Nick Mullins? Right? Yeah. Like, there was no wide receivers left. There was no running backs left. Shanahan was stuck with a third string quarterback. Like, hey, hey, aim for that giant thing down the field. Yes, that was his only option was to game plan with the big man in the middle of the field. Mullins, throw to him. Like, that was the game plan. <laughs> That's it. And that cannot be the same game plan for Shanahan going into next season, game after game. He's too smart for that. He's going to be more creative than just use the tight end in the middle. I agree with that. Um, we did see a lot of creativity, especially in the multi-back system that we saw him in before. Um, Sorry, I was just very, <laughs> I was just very outraged. There. Calm down. I'll calm down a little bit. Yeah, calm down. The next player is I'm not too angry about. All so. right. So our next candidate, Tariq Cohen. I'm so sorry. We're going to lose subscribers on this podcast. I have a feeling. Oh, for sure. Bye, yeah. guys. Sorry. Yeah. See you later. No, please don't leave. I'm just no. kidding. They'll come back to us for fantasy advice next year when you figure out you lost your season. Anyway, Tariq Cohen. <laughs> she... You got a little serious there. I'm passionate. That's normally me that comes with the attitude. I like it. It is. Yeah, I get feisty sometimes. Terry Cohen, it's got an ADP of the fifth round. Is that uh, half PPR or full PPR? It's Dynasty ADP. It looks like it is half PPR. Okay, so I'm sure he's going higher in full PPR Dynasty leagues. I don't like it. I think everybody's hype from Tariq Cohen, and I do think he's an extremely valuable asset uh, in Dynasty. I think he's valuable in Redraft, just not at the price, and I do not think he is a beneficiary of the Jordan Howard trade whatsoever. 
I completely agree with you. And when we're looking at the price, so the guys that are going right around him, Devonta Freeman, we have Mark Ingram, Rashad Penny, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack. Those guys are all going behind him. Give me all of those guys that I just listed in front of Tariq Cohen. And like you said, what did you just end with that his ADP is higher because Jordan Howard left, right? Oh, absolutely. I am so sorry to, not to Bears fans, because it's actually a good thing, but to Tariq Cohen owners. And truthers. And truthers. I think Mike Davis is an upgrade to Jordan Howard. (laughs) Nice. That's exactly how I'm sure most of our listeners' reactions was. Just before they hit unsubscribe. Exactly. But to all of you Jordan Howard lovers, no, it was not Nagy that ruined him. Yes, he had a great, really nice rookie season in 2016. But in 2017, just a year after, he saw 300 touches and he had 1,247 scrimmage yards. That's just not much excitement for me. It was not Nagy that ruined him. He's just not a pass catching back. And that's, that's going to hurt him in now a day's NFL, if that makes sense. But in the current day NFL. It does. Um, and But do you know who note, does catch the ball, though? Terry Cohen. No. Well, he does. But you know who else? Who? Mike Davis. <gasps> his replacement. So that actually hurts Terry Cohen because he was the only guy that was the pass catching back. So he came in on third downs. Well, now if they want to keep Mike Davis in, you know, if they want to keep a different back, on, they, back in, they can because Mike Davis can catch a ball. I think he actually may eat into some of Terry Cohen's snaps. He can eat into some of his targets. I actually see that being a bad thing for Cohen. Not a good thing. Yeah, and I think historically when you look at his workload, he came into the league in 2017. He's never seen over 100 rushing attempts. He did have 99, very close to 100 for you math geniuses out there. (laughs) So not bad for a guy that you're flexing or, I mean, particularly not bad for a guy that you're flexing. But just I don't see him having the capability of being – uh, a workhorse back. He's 5'6", 181 pounds. He's going to catch the ball, but just not at a rate, you know, more than last year. I just don't see it. Yeah, and so people are high on that. Tariq Cohen finished running back 11 in PPR leagues. Woo! But that's at the end of the year. He had two great games, and that really helps his end-of-the-year rankings. But there were six times that if you played him, he just completely bombed your roster, your yeah, starting I, lineup. I want the consistency guys. And, you know, I, if I'm going to have the guys who are inconsistent, I don't want to pay a fifth rounder for them. Yeah. And even the games that he wasn't either blowing up or he wasn't busting your lineup, it was still a pretty big disappointment. I mean, there was nothing exciting around 10 points. I don't know. That's just not someone I'm willing to pay a fifth round pick for when, just like you said, 99 rushes. And I don't, I don't see a way that he's going to get that much more. Nope. All right. And I'm going to let you take the lead. This is our last, uh, overhyped guy. And this is all Michelle. I don't want to, I don't want to get anywhere near this pick. Lead it off. Go ahead. Do your thing. (laughs) All right. And I think you'll be a lot more of the positive side in our next segment. Leave me alone. So I'm all for the negative side over here with our overhyped guy. So our last overhyped guy is Vance McDonald. Don't you dare. And come on. I'm a Steelers fan too. I wish him only the best. But he's going in the ninth and 10th round, which doesn't seem... not bad. It's not bad. But for what you're going to get from him is... 
your best hope is that he ends up as the tight end 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want out of your tight end that you draft? Mm-hmm. Or do you want the potential to get a 1, 2, 3, 4 guy? I see him filling the Jesse James role. Ooh, uh, okay. Which the two of them combined for over 1,000 yards. Did people forget that? And... So you think he's going to just take all of Jesse James' production and just add it onto his stat line? No, I, I don't think that at all. But, you know, he he definitely sort of – if you look at Ben Roethlisberger's usage, and I don't know if it's more Ben Roethlisberger or the OC, he would sort of flip-flop. Like, it would be a Jesse James game. It would be a Vance McDonald game. It would be a Jesse J- – like, they would flip-flop all the time. You never know whose game it was going to be if he got lucky that week. Awesome. But – there's nobody to flip back to. So anyone. what are you going to do when he gets hurt? Well, I'll go to my waiver wire and... Okay. So It's been six seasons now, six full seasons, and the dude has not played 16 games one time. In his healthiest season, which was last year with Big Ben, he was a tight end 12. Can we all just think back to that tight end group last year? It was disgusting. There was no competition, and he still was a tight end 12, and he had a pretty healthy season. And I know A.B.'s leaving, right? A.B.'s leaving, A.B.'s leaving, A.B.'s leaving. I heard about that. And he's going to leave so many targets behind. I heard there are lots of targets. Pittsburgh threw the ball 675 freaking times in 2018. The second highest that Ben has ever thrown in his career was 608. 608. But now they have a and new that was OC. By far the they most. have a new OC who is dedicated. He was the quarterback's coach. He is dedicated to doing whatever Roethlisberger wants, and Roethlisberger wants to throw the ball. That's fine, but did that work out for them last year? Defense. Okay, yeah, it was a lot on the defense, but also the yeah. offense is going to have to look at themselves and say, okay, what did we do wrong? They don't have A-B anymore. They can't force the ball. They can't just throw all the time. I'm still seeing, okay, even if Ben throws the ball, let's go to his second highest time, 608 times. Now there's only 130 targets to go around. You're adding in James Washington. You're adding in Dante Moncrief. You're adding in more time, hopefully, for Jalen Samuels. I just don't see where there's going to be all of these leftover targets for... Uh, for Vance McDonald, when I could say that all of those guys, at least Dante Moncrief and James Washington, can get at least sixty each, and then there's none left to go around. So I don't, I don't see much room for growth. I'm not happy with the tight end twelve. He was a tight end fifteen for average points per game played. Blah. Give me anyone else. See, I think, I think Jesse James leaving does leave. So, like, you have A-B's targets, but you also have uh, 39 targets from Jesse James. I know it's not a lot, but add 39 targets to Vance McDonald. Say he just fills that role. Say they don't draft a tight end. If the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a tight end in the first round, I'm out. <laughs> just for anybody wondering, I'm out. I'll Go be Browns. DeAndre Baker. Yeah. DeAndre Baker. That That's what we're rooting for. But I mean, if, obviously, if Devin White's there, I will... I think I will shotgun at least 10 beers in a row. Are you with me there? Yes. If, and if Devin White's there, it's obviously because somebody did something horrendous to sabotage. Can we get a video up. of him doing something like, you know, really bad, you know, that whole, the mask with the weed yeah. of the uh, offensive lineman <laughs> for the Dolphins? Oh my goodness. We need to get him to do that. Yeah. Okay. okay. And Plan. That would... <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll so, find that out later. So once Devin White falls to the Steelers, uh, they're not going to be drafting a tight end, but add, just add in like pretend AB is not a 
another factor here. Add in Jesse James targets, uh, 39 targets. I like that target total. And I feel like it it gives him an opportunity to be more relevant if he can stay if he can stay healthy, which is a no, which is a no. But but also I'm saying he's not going to get those Jesse James targets because those Jesse D- James targets are just going to disappear. There's not Ben's not throwing the ball 675 times next year without an AB there. Two additional people coming into the group. I'm saying James Washington is additional because you know he was not a thing last year. I think Vance McDonald has, uh, I'll go, 75 receptions for 900 yards. Wow. Well, then he would be surely worth that 10th round pick. Absolutely. uh, There's a lot of people with you, you know, so maybe I'm so wrong. And that's the best thing about fantasy is that I will be so wrong about some things. And (laughs) As a Steelers fan, you want to be wrong about this one. Yeah, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. All right, guys, we're going to start getting positive now. That was a lot of negative negativity. I feel better. I like me. cleansed my soul. Yeah. I, that's all the ranting I've ever wanted to do on Twitter with these conversations. <laughs> you just can't get it out as much on typing. So now I feel a little bit better. I just had my, my uh, therapeutic sessions for the week. Exactly. All right, so let's get positive here. Okay, so we're going to talk about our Underhyped guys. These are the guys that you need to be spending your draft capital on now before they they rebound. They're gonna they're gonna climb the ropes once again. They deserve to climb the ropes. Oh, but absolutely. right now their value is it's the it's, it's the Black Friday. It's, be. Yeah. it's Black Friday for them. Go out there, spend your money, get, get that go awesome to Walmart, TV. get trampled. Like, <laughs> but you won't be trampled. You know why? Because they are underhyped. Money, money, money. Show me the money. I do like gambling. So this is like, you know, putting a little bit of money in the slot machines and see what comes big. out. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's make some investments. I've I've hit on a slot machine before. It's a pretty good feeling. You you put in a little bit of change and then you get some big bucks back. And that's what we're hoping to do for you this upcoming season. So Who's your first candidate for an undervalued guy that we need to be paying more attention to? You know, I'm going to give you the honors of saying his name because he's your man. Adam Thielen. Congrats, Adam Thielen. I'm so proud of his his new contract. Um, everybody's on the Diggs hype train, and I'm a little salty about it. Yeah. Can we talk about how everyone loves Stefan Diggs? Mr. Injury Prone. But everyone's scared off by Adam Thielen because his second half of the season. You know who also sucked the second half of the season? Who? Stephon Diggs. <gasps> and the entire Vikings offense? Yes. The entire <laughs> Vikings offense just fell apart at the end of the year. They just couldn't do anything. They were terrible. Terrible as a team. They were playoff bound. And then all of a sudden, it just like, poof, completely gone. So Stephon Diggs, right? Let's talk about him just for a second. We'll get back into Adam Thielen. But... The point is everyone loves Stephon Diggs and not Adam Thielen because Thielen fell off. Well, Stephon Diggs averaged 51.3 yards per game in the last six weeks. That's not terrible. It's not great when he was averaging 80 yards the nine games before that. Ooh, burn. So it's, you can't just look at Thielen and be like, oh, my goodness, the second half of the year is who he is. Everybody fell off in everyone, the second half of the year. Yeah, everyone fell off. The first half of the year, maybe he won't get all the way to that, but that's really his true self more than the second half was. I agree. And I think, you know, Thielen, again, congrats on your contract. Four years, $64 million. They're not going to pay him if they're not going to use him. And they just gave him a nice chunk of change. So I really think that 
people being scared off by his usage in the second half of the season just aren't looking at the big picture. You know, you have to look at what these teams are investing in their players. And why, why are they just going to run nonstop with Delvin Cook? If you just paid, you have tons of money in Diggs, you have tons of money in Thielen, you have a million dollars in Kirk Cousins. Fully guaranteed, don't if you If your know? plan's to run, <laughs> why would you not invest in the offensive line? Yeah, no, they, they definitely want these guys involved. And Thielen was a PPR monster. People forget the the target count, the just constant usage. Him and Kirk, man, they are like best of friends. I don't know if you know that. And I, I have to credit the ballers on this thought process, but if those games were all mixed in, you know, like good game, bad game, good bad game, like not all like legit eight amazing games and eight pretty disappointing games, people would be so much higher on him right now, but because he ended the season so badly – Everyone's just like, eh, he just doesn't have it. Yeah, and I think people are overlooking him. He was relevant the year prior. You know, it's not like all we saw was this minimal sample from last year. We we saw his abilities in the in the 2017 season. So um, he's definitely going to be over the 1,000-yard mark. Not 100%. even that. I think at least 1,200 yards. I can't see him getting less than that. And he has potential for so much more. So you're taking a guy that I really do think has a floor of 1,200 yards, and then you're getting a guy that has a ceiling of 1,400, 1,500 yards. Yes, I love Adam Thielen. Please go buy him at a discount. He's available. He's not selling out on the shelves. Go buy him. Yeah, and you will have to still give up sell people, so don't go with a terrible trade offer, but I just think that you can get him for lower than what his value is right now. Or when you're in startups, he's falling pretty far. I mean, fourth round. fourth Late fourth. I'll and, take that all day. Yeah. Thousand-yard receiver, 100%. Um, PPR machine, go get him. Anyway, moving on. Michelle, your guy's up next. I do love Rashad Penny. Yeah, you do. He did disappoint in his rookie season, so people have that sour taste in their mouth, and that's completely understandable. He went pretty high last year. I saw some in in some redrafts. People were taking him as early as the sixth and the seventh. And he oh, I think he was even going earlier in some places. People were very high on him and Carryon Johnson last year, and they both of the players really, you know, hurt. They stung Rashad Penny a bit more. Well, when you when you hear first round draft stock, you think, all right, well, they're going to use this guy, and they didn't. Rashad Penny went almost in the second spot of rookie drafts, and in most drafts, I'd say, right behind Saquon. But you know, you have to look at the coaching here. So, I mean, they were at Pete Carroll. He was having like a a really stubborn season. I think I don't know what it was. He, there's something in the water in Seattle. Um, he was very dedicated to Chris Carson to. Rashad Penny's detriment to Russell Wilson's detriment. You saw them uh, lose uh, to Dallas in the playoffs because they were they they just couldn't do anything but give Chris Carson the ball. And I I like Chris Carson and you do too. We we acknowledge his talent, absolutely. And I think a, a lot of it had to do with the start of the season. Penny came in heavier. He got injured. He just wasn't there during the off season. It's hard to get a rookie up to speed in the middle of the season. So maybe that was the difficult part there. Chris, Chris Carson was having a great season. So So, why take him out of the mix when he's already crushing it? Yeah. But I just think, okay, we're going into next year. You spent a first round pick on him. You think the GM is going to be okay with you giving all the carries to Chris Carson again? He's not, he's not going to be embarrassed that his first round pick is just sitting on the bench. 
and it's sad. And it's not to to Rashad because Pe- I know you know we talked about him in sort of the preseason and nobody was super hyped, but um, you know once we saw his injury and then you know he put on some weight, but you know it, he showed so many flashes last year that like to leave him on the bench during you know this next season it just wouldn't make sense to me. When he touched the ball, you saw a lot of talent. Like, he can make plays out of nothing. The line wasn't great, and he still would make these crazy plays. So I think he has the potential. I don't see the talent between Penny and Chris Carson that different. So sadly for Chris Carson, it's going to come down to... Bye-bye. It's going to come down to the money that they're spending, and they spent a first-round pick on Penny. They're going to give him the chance. And then also a big part is Mike Davis is leaving. Mike Davis had 112 carries. That is shocking. Right? That seems very high, but he had 112 carries. You know, he had more carries than Tariq Cohen. He did. He did. That's funny. And guess what? Another I'm higher on Mike Davis and yeah. Tariq Cohen, but we'll get into that later. But So Mike Davis had 112 carries last season. Rashad Penny had 85. So Chris Carson had plenty enough carries. So it, let's just say we give most of Davis's carries to Rashad Penny. That puts him close to 200 carries, which I'm pretty happy with at oh, that point. Oh, absolutely. For and the value that you're getting right now, 100%. That would mean Penny's not cutting into Carson's carries at all, which I don't see happening either. So I don't see a hard path for Penny to get over the 200 carry mark or 200 touches mark. So give me Penny. I mean, he's so cheap. He has all the potential in the world. We haven't even got to see him yet. And when he does touch the ball, we've seen some pretty special things. So I think he's a very talented back that could take over that entire backfield. And Chris Carson, he does have the injury history. Um, You know, if he gets hurt and Penny just has wide open lanes to take over that starting role, the same thing that happened to Penny last year, I really think you're going to see a full takeover in that backfield. And I just, I, I'm hoping that enough people got burned by him last year that he's just going to going to continue to drop that's what it is that once once someone burns you it's hard to get over it and like you said that might be what it has to take because I think it'll be a running back by committee but if Chris Carson gets hurt and Penny gets to shine it's going to be hard to take those carries back away from Penny oh it will be all right next up is my guy Kiki Cutie he is cute huh he's a cutie little guy (laughs) little slap man um, played seven games in 2018. That was his rookie year. Two of those, two out of seven games, he had a hundred plus yards. Right? Seems very excited about that. Yes, I absolutely. I'm not talking boomer bust. Calm down. I'm just talking about like the fact that we saw flashes in his rookie season, um, and he wasn't fully healthy even in those you know a, a couple of games that he was active and played some snaps. He was not fully healthy towards the end of last season, um, ranked 16 in targets per snap. So when he's on the field, he's being used. Deshaun Watson clearly likes him as a target, and that's just his first season within within that offense. It usually takes wide receivers at least a year to acclimate to the playbook, to their quarterback, and the slot. He's dangerous. Dangerous. He, he definitely is. And my one counter would be he was having those great games when Will Fuller is out. It's kind of a hard counter, or counter to be so strict on because, like, when when is Will Fuller playing? Will a game? Fuller is not a slot guy. That's the difference. Will Fuller. I know there's yeah. maybe more targets to spread around, but Will Fuller's not the slot guy. Kiki QT can secure that role in the slot. They, but they, you saw Watson depend on QT once 
once Will Fuller was gone. Opportunities to improve with your quarterback. Build that relationship. I love it. Give him give him a little more time in that that offense. Learn the playbook. The longer Will Fuller is out of that offense, if he's not in the building for OTA's training camp, I don't know what his timeline is, but all the more reps for Kiki QT, and I'm all about it. He is going in full PPR leagues. You're talking about a slot guy. Slot guys are so valuable in PPR leagues. He's going at the 11.02. That's great value for him. And it's that's such why great I, value. I, that's why I'm on board with this, okay? Because even if he is the third guy, the third wide receiver, he's going at the 11.02, even if Will Fuller somehow does stay healthy, which is not going to happen because he just can't, he still, I think, will get used enough to be – Good enough risk to take him at like a wide receiver three at least, and he's got wide and a receiver. Good offense. Yeah, he's got wide receiver two upside, and I just feel like there's there's so much room to grow there in that offense. And if Will Fuller gets hurt, then you got an absolute steal. If, if he gets hurt, you exactly. mean when? So you're going to get an absolute steal in the eleventh round. Go ahead and take your man, even if you feel so dangerous to take him in the tenth round. Nobody can blame you. No, and that I mean those are the times that you're you're taking some of the more risky risky guys. He's around guys like Deshaun Jackson, Terrell Williams, and Dee Dee Westbrook. I know which of those guys I would much prefer. And that's Kiki QT. I'm taking him all day. I don't care about that hammy. He's got all the off season to to rest that little guy and I hope he's hope he's feeling better. Come back soon. Um I agree with you. I like I like this take. It's a good one. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll let you get on to your uh, your last guy. So our last guy for undervalued. There's many under, undervalued guys, but the last one we're going to talk about today is Robbie Anderson. I love me some Robbie Anderson. I do too. Why? He's, I don't know. He's never topped a thousand receiving yards. No, he's never topped a thousand receiving yards. I was hopeful that he would take the third year leap last year. He didn't. Um, disappointing 50 receptions for 752 yards. Okay. But I think he had a tremendous end of the season and I'm not too worried about the beginning of the season or, you know, the three fourths of the season because they weren't allowing. And when I say they, the jets were not allowing Sam Darnold to throw down the field. They were so conservative with him after that open Pick six opening. Yeah, I think that they, just scared them. The clamshell shut. They were like, you are allowed to throw 10 yards. <laughs> and if you throw more than 10 yards, we are going to put in Josh McCown. Yeah. Um, and you saw once he came back from the foot injury, I don't know what sort of changed in their mind where they felt a little more comfortable to let him extend the field. Robbie Anderson averaged nearly six receptions for 84 yards and 0.8 touchdowns per game. Um, came back in week 13. So that's week 13 on showed the willingness to throw the ball down the field. And that's Anderson's game. That's what he does. He's a fast guy. He's a speedster. He can move. Um, so when you're talking about like dink and dunk passes, it doesn't work. And I think bell being there will help Robbie Anderson just get open more. It's going to give Sam Darnold more time. And I think the Jets will trust him more in his second year. And he'll get to throw to Robbie Anderson a lot more throughout the entire season instead of just the few games that he got to last year. And we have seen him almost be that 1,000-yard guy, right, with Josh McCown. With Josh McCown in 2017. And, yes, Josh McCown is very solid. But we can agree that hopefully Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Josh McCown. 
Yeah, and I think we saw him definitely make strides once he came back from injury last year. I love Robbie Anderson. Uh, I, I've seen reports he's disappointed that he didn't make his 1,000-yard season last year and that he's he's sort of set that as a goal for himself. If you can get him as low as you can buy him right now, he's absolutely going to return on the value. And you can get him cheap. I love it. I think you can. We're going to get into our last couple of suggestions. We're not going to go too deep in these guys, but um, very quickly, Mike Davis, we mentioned him earlier as a guy we liked. He's now on the Bears. He's not uh, in that crowded Seattle running back by committee force. There's no reason for him not to get Jordan Howard's carries and now to actually get some of Tariq Cohen's targets maybe. Obviously, this all changes if the Bears draft a running back in the first or second or even third round. That would that would put some, you know, risk. Yeah. And damper on picking Mike Davis. But his ADP is extremely, extremely low. So even if you're in a like a startup this week, just take the chance on him. Really? It's so low. He's only 26 years old. The Bears have, like, no draft selections this year. I can't see them wasting one of their early ones. They have so few on a running back. I think Mike Davis is safe. I think he gets Jordan Howard's carries, and I think he eats into some of the targets that Cohen normally gets. And lastly, really quick, Josh Gordon. Uh, He's going in the 14th round, or that's where I just got him anyways, in a startup uh, dynasty. And normally... You'd be like, just stay away from Josh Gordon. But in the 14th round, there is garbage going at that point. Like, I don't even know. You're just wildly picking. And with Josh Gordon, he could actually be a wide receiver, too, in the Patriots offense. So you are under the pres- presumption that he will the report, come back. Yeah, the reports say he's going to get reinstated, right? I don't know if, I, if everyone saw that report. He's supposed to get reinstated this summer. The Patriots just paid him in March. For not him to a, be back. Not a high, not a high contract, not a not super high, but they gave him a I think a second round tender, didn't they? It was something higher than we expected. Two uh two point zero two five million dollars, which isn't nothing. But the Patriots aren't giving him that free money if they don't expect him to be back. So there was a reason they did it. There all the reports say that Josh Gordon should be reinstated this summer, should be good to go. There's always that risk that he doesn't play again or he doesn't play throughout the entire season he has another issue but in the 14th round risk it you could possibly get a wide receiver too in that risk absolutely um next week we've got players that can hurt their draft stock from the nfl draft players that um we might see a boost in their stock from the nfl draft plus a mailbag we're going to be sending out mailbag tweet in the next day or so uh just to get some questions that you guys want answered we want some feedback from you all Um, and just in case any of you are actually out there listening I wanted to share with you guys in case you haven't seen my post on Twitter my mom's quite ill and unfortunately is in critical condition this is one of my only moments away from the intensive care unit in three days I wanted to spend it with you guys and get this recorded get this stuff out there so we could be ready for the draft next week because I'm hoping things are better by that time. I'm hoping we turn a corner here. So please be patient if our release schedule is a little haywire for now. Send positive vibes, prayers, whatever you got. Hold your loved ones close. Um, We appreciate all your support and patience. But um, make sure you're following me, Kate, at FFBallBlast. 
and Michelle at ballblastum, E-M. Hit that subscribe button and make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Later. Bye, guys. We have Ball Blast. I repeat, we have Ball Blast.